Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Spiritual authority, victory in Christ, or as we often put it, the overcoming life by default is victory, is overcoming, is authority over the influences of the satanic. In this message, I want to speak to you about the believer's authority over the works of darkness, over the satanic influence. And later on in this message, I also want to address this issue. What do we do when we rebuke the devil? We resist the devil. We cast out the devil, so to speak. And yet certain things persist in our lives that limit us, maybe keeps us weak. Does that mean that the devil is not bound in that area? And so I stay a victim or enslaved or does authority always mean, does freedom always mean I have no hurdle to overcome, I have no hiccup, I have no weakness? In other words, does authority and victory and overcoming imply invincibility? That is, I am not touched whatsoever by the satanic. Well, those will be the issues of our discussion in this message. But first, can a believer have authority over the satanic? Yes. 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 And a thousand times yes. But let me explain what I mean by the satanic versus Satan. Satan, as a noun, is a being. And no doubt he is the God of this age, according to Paul's word in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. But I'm just not convinced that Satan is capable to come after every saint and personally harass them. We know that the being Satan came after the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus' confrontation was with that unique individual being. And I suppose that should Satan himself as that being show up in you and I's life personally, the very Christ who rebuked him then and now lives within us will take care of the devil himself. However, I submit to you that what you and I will face perhaps on a daily basis is not the unique being of the devil himself, but rather the satanic. That is, the myriad of influences he uses and employs to get to us, to get a foothold in us. We call those gateways or doors, if you will. And it's these many gateways that you and I, by the Spirit of the living Christ, can have victory and freedom and dominion and authority in. 
The Apostle Paul had such a victory over all of these many influences. You may recall in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where he states that a messenger of Satan has buffeted him, that is, tormented him and vexed him and harassed him, if you will. He doesn't state that Satan himself came after him, but Satan came through a messenger. And in my studies, I have come to conclude that this messenger of Satan is a false apostle and perhaps a group of false apostles who opposed Paul's version of the gospel of grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, as much as Paul was harassed, as much as he was buffeted by these anti-apostles, if you will, Paul nevertheless lived in authority. He lived in victory, even though he was utterly weak. He did not allow in authority their message to hold sway. So authority does not mean in this particular situation of Paul that he was untouchable. He was never weak. Life was just a red carpet at all times. He was never harassed, if you will. But authority means that the satanic influence did not prevail. And beloved, I want you to understand that that authority has been given to the church and to us as the believers, be ye male or female, in Jesus Christ. We can live in authority, yet be utterly weak. Even in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul prays to be released from this harassment. And essentially the Lord answers him and says, No, my grace will be sufficient for you. And my grace is going to make you strong in this weakness. You're going to overcome. This false apostle message is not going to prevail. You will have authority, but you will have authority in your weakness. And this is just something that I want you to understand, beloved. When we say the victorious Christian life, we do not imply that you are never weak. You, you never suffer. You, you never have a bad day. But like Paul, God can be strong in you and the truth prevails even as you suffer. That is what authority is all about. You and I as believers, and because of the power of Jesus Christ within us, we can actually live in overcoming, in freedom, in deliverance from the power of sin. In Christ, you and I have been made free from the penalty of sin, which is death. And the blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ secured for us that freedom from the penalty. But in addition to being free from the penalty of sin, we can likewise be free from the power of sin. That is, we are free from its bondage. We are free from its habits. It's no longer lording over us. And that is the authority that we have as the sons and daughters of God. So how do you know you are still under the influence and the power of sin? Well, are you in bondage to it? 
are you a slave to that particular issue? So what is bondage? Bondage, in a way, is twofold. On the one hand, you cannot start doing something. And on the other hand, you cannot stop doing something. The image of a train comes to mind. Sitting on those railroad tracks, that train is so heavy. And it just it takes an enormous amount of effort for that train to get going. It's just sluggish out of the gate. And that's what bondage really is, is you cannot start to do the right thing. You cannot start to uh, take the right steps, if you will, and make the right choices, if you will. If, if, if you feel an incapacity to even start doing something, particularly in the kingdom of God, then that's just an implication that you're in a way in bondage. And in Christ, we have freedom and we have authority in this area to begin to walk with God, to begin to live the righteous life. However, that very train who at times starts so sluggishly, once it picks up momentum, that train is very hard to stop. And this is what bondage is also. You just, you can't stop doing something. That means you are enslaved. And in Christ, we have authority that has been given to us by the grace of God to stop certain habits in our lives. However, one thing that many of us as believers struggle with is that we assume authority means a complete absence of the presence of sin. And this is something that confuses a lot of believers. Let me explain. You are free and you should be free from the penalty of sin if you're in Jesus Christ. Number two, you are free and should remain free and yet get free imminently if you're not from the power of sin. This is your birthright, your inheritance as a son and daughter of God. However, you and I, even though we are believers, we will never be free from the presence of sin. And particularly the presence of the satanic through the world system. As long as you and I live in this world, you and I will be tempted by the cares of this world, the affairs of this world, as Jesus puts it in Matthew chapter 13. But that temptation is common to all of us, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's just a part of human life. And many believers, we, we get all frazzled when a temptation comes our way. Beloved, that does not mean that you've lost authority in that area. We often use the example, you cannot prevent the birds from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from nesting and roosting in your head. You do not have authority over them flying in the sky, as it were, but you do have authority over your being, what you allow to come into your mind and into your being, your imagination, your feelings, etc., etc. A lot of us, we get so disillusioned when 
um, things get dark around us and there's negativity around us and we, we think, oh, I've lost that authority. No, you haven't. That darkness, those birds flying, it's just a part of life on this planet. So yes, you're free from the penalty. You have authority over the power to no longer be a slave, but you will never be free from the presence of sin. And that's why there are so many admonitions in the New Testament for the people of God to be on guard, to be watchful, to be vigilant. Even Peter, he would say, Satan is like a prowling lion seeking whom he may devour. But we should be watchful and then resist him as he, through the world system, tries to gain influence over us. Beloved, we can be free from the penalty, praise the Lord. We can be free from the power. You may also recall how Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that all things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. In verse 12, he says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. That is authority, and the apostle lived in that authority, even though at times he was a very, very weak person. He did not allow that influence to gain a foothold in his being. Being weak and being distressed is no indication that you've lost authority in God. In fact, if you can stay faithful to the Lord in those difficult times, and truth can prevail in your mind and in your heart and in your actions amidst difficulties, I tell you, that is evidence that you're in the authority of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, Paul would say, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in being reproached, in my needs, in persecutions, in my anxieties and distresses, for Christ's sake, because when I am weak, I am strong. Paul was harassed by so many of life's issues, and Satan had an onslaught through the satanic, an influence in this man, but it didn't prevail. Beloved, if things come against you and, and the day is not good and there are difficult circumstances, that's no indication that you are missing it and you're out of the authority of God unless your rebellion has created this particular situation. But there are days when you and I genuinely fear God, we walk with God, we do the very best we can to honor God, and yet life is still difficult. So what are we supposed to think or do about this? Well, first of all, do not think that God is against you. Do not think that you've lost authority. Just let the truth prevail. And again, get into the Word, get into the knowing of God, and get into the knowing of what Christ has accomplished, and allow your mind, in fact, train your mind to think along those lines. But if you and I sense that there is a satanic temptation and we can discern the enemy is at the doorstep here or the enemy is stirring things up, you and I are allowed to resist the devil. For instance, in James chapter 4, verse 7, 
James counsels the believers to submit to God and to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Christ has given us the very authority James says we should exercise over and against the devil and the satanic influences of the devil. And we got that authority from Jesus Christ. In fact, all the believers throughout the ages still have this authority that was endowed to us by the Lord Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, verses 19, he says to his followers, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, beloved, when we discern the satanic agenda in circumstances, and this is not just life that had a little hiccup, but this is genuinely darkness out to get us, we are allowed to exercise authority. I believe all the apostles did it, including Paul, and you and I can still do it to this very day. Why? So that we are not brought under the power of any satanic onslaught and get in bondage and, as it were, lose our footing and stability in God. But here's the question. What do you and I do when we resist the devil? We discern Satan is involved. The satanic is involved. What do you and I do when we, in faith, rise up and we resist the powers and principalities of the air? What do we do when we repent, we confess, and then we rebuke Satan, as it were, and yet nothing happens? This is an issue that is really confusing for a lot of believers. I resist Satan. I rebuke. And everything stays the same. And so believers begin to wonder, am I under a curse of sorts? Is God out to get me and punish me again? I've rebuked. I have confessed. I have repented. And... Nothing is changing. Beloved, this confusing issue is what I want to address in the second part of this message. Yes, we have spiritual authority endowed to us by the King of Kings and the Lord of all of the Lords. And we have a right to walk in that authority. We have a right to rebuke the works of darkness and resist the works of darkness, even as James says. And we have many examples of believers in the New Testament that actually overcame in Luke chapter 10, for example, the disciples return after a missions trip and they say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. 
So yeah, they gained authority over the demons in their missionary journeys. And yeah, they had breakthrough and deliverances and freedom. Praise the Lord. In 1 John chapter 2, as John the Elder writes to a church community we believe to be in Ephesus, he would reference twice in chapter 2 that young men overcame the evil one or the wicked one. So there was probably some kind of a discerning process in that Ephesian community that Satan is at work either through the world system or through politicians or I'm not sure what he refers to as the evil one. It may be false teaching, heretical teaching, etc., etc. Nevertheless, there was a discerning in that community that evil is at work and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be overcome. And so we're not exactly sure how they overcame that evil. There's a hint that by their faith they overcame. So that makes me think that the evil was perhaps a kind of a doctrine or a teaching, etc., etc. Nevertheless, they overcame. <laughs> they had wonderful breakthrough. Breakthrough over demons. Breakthrough over false teaching. But then there's the Apostle Paul. And it doesn't look like this man had breakthrough in any area of his ministry. Does that mean he was cursed? Does that mean that Satan prevailed or the satanic prevailed? Does that mean he was in bondage? Let me explain. The Apostle Paul suffered endless trial and persecution and onslaught. In fact, if you were a Jew and a Gentile of that era you would perhaps have looked upon Paul as the most cursed of all people because nothing went seemingly right for the man at any given time. He was hungry. He was naked. He was robbed. He was beaten. He was falsely interpreted. There was accusation and slander. People walked away from him. He was shipwrecked. The list goes on and on. And Paul would even say, He's in weaknesses and he's in distress and he's in persecution. And go read 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where he's infirmed, probably with um, what many folk believe to be a kind of malaria infection. Paul is constantly rebuked by the elders in Judaism, and just nothing goes right for the man. And then there's a messenger from Satan that just harasses him wherever he goes. Again, if you were Jewish or Gentile, you would look upon such an unfavorable man and just say, wow, God has it for this man. He's probably a sinner. He's got it coming to him. He's the most cursed of all people. But have you ever picked up in Paul's writings that he feels cursed of God, abandoned by God? chastised by God for any of these negative influences in his life? Do you get the idea that he was a victim? No. When you read the apostle's life objectively, particularly if you come to the book of Acts, in the later chapters of Acts, you will see a weak man that is incarcerated. 
He's being put on a ship and he is shipped off to Rome to go meet with Caesar. And yeah, he's in shackles. He's in bondage. He, no freedom. You never get the idea that the man is a victim. In fact, on that ship, he tells the captain when to sail and when not to sail. This man had spiritual authority, yet nothing ever went right for the man. I'm sure he rebuked. I'm sure he repented of this and that, perhaps. I'm sure he resisted the devil. And I'm sure in his heart he wanted to overcome certain things. But it just seemed as though difficulty prevailed in this man's life. Beloved, let me address that. He was not chastised by God. He was not under the curse and condemnation of God. In fact, Paul saw it neither as a chastisement nor a curse, but an identification with Christ's suffering. But that still does not mean he lost authority. And beloved, this can often happen to you and I. We rebuke, we resist, we walk in righteousness and we repent. And yet things do not change imminently. What are we to make of that? The average believer would say, well, probably I've got some unconfessed sin. So we go look under a rock for some unconfessed sin. Maybe God is mad at me. Maybe God is condemning me. We script and we imagine all sorts of reasons why this might be happening to me. And then we get all confused. But I, I am resisting the devil. I am fighting. Why is the, is, is the burden not lifting? Why is the circumstance not changing? Beloved, that does not mean you have lost authority when the circumstances don't change. That does not mean that the devil is still persistent if the circumstances have not changed. I want to tell you, if you've done everything and it still does not change, you need to look for a different interpretation as to what might be happening in your life. It's not that you've used the wrong formula to resist the devil or you haven't used anointing oil on your door or on your head. Perhaps what is happening is that you will have to learn to walk out the deliverance. Satan has fleed from you. The satanic has stopped. But God allows you to go through a circumstance, if you will, to grow to be pruned, and it's got nothing to do with Satan. It's just life, as it were, that is pressure upon you to conform you to the image of Christ. Your rebuking of the devil worked. Your resisting of the devil worked. Your pushing back the forces of darkness, yes, it worked. Nevertheless, it does not exempt you from a process. So when it comes to deliverance, I need you to understand these two things. If the satanic is involved and you rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ, in faith, in authority, and by the power of the Spirit, Satan has to flee. The demons have to submit. And you can be instantly free from the power and the enslavement to that satanic influence. But number two, that does not exempt you from process. So in that instant that you rebuked, yes, the devil fleed, but now 
you need to be aware that if you're not instantly healed and instantly promoted in that job or instantly become wealthy or instantly find a spouse or instantly have your family reconciled or instantly your heart and emotions are touched and changed and overhauled, then I want to welcome you to process. You are still a person of authority and God is going to allow you to engage in a process. So, beloved, perish the thought that if you go through a process, even a difficult process, perish the thought that you've lost authority and Satan is harassing you. No, you're in a process and there is grace for you to work through the process that victory, that deliverance, that overcoming. But at the very least, you are not a slave. It is not the devil. You are now a part of process. If you struggle to wrap your mind around the God of process, then probably your mind is going to go to the satanic. And your consciousness is constantly going to fixate on sin and curses and the satanic and Satan. Ooh, have I sinned? That's why I'm not promoted. Ooh, is there a curse against me to remain in poverty? Where, where is Satan involved? And constantly your mind and your emotions are going to be aroused around the satanic. And you're going to find formulas to rebuke and formulas to be free. And you're going to try everything because that's your consciousness. Paul did not have such a consciousness. At one time, actually, he became aware that a satanic messenger is harassing him. He came before the Lord and three times he said, Lord, I need to be delivered from this messenger, this satanic influence. And even at that time, God said to him, essentially, no. That is shocking. And Paul got this word from the Lord. I'm going to keep you weak so that you can experience true resurrection power. I'm going to keep you weak in a way so that you can really experience what authority is all about. And Paul just said, okay, and he moved on. And he wrapped his mind and his heart around God working in him. In his weakness, God's strength is going to be perfected. Many of us, in our weakness, we wrap our mind around, ooh, this is Satan, uh, this is circumstances, God is against me, I'm under condemnation, I'm being cursed, etc., etc., etc. In a nutshell, are you sin-conscious constantly, Satan-conscious, or are you God-conscious and even if you were to discern satanic and you plead with God and you rebuke and resist and nothing happens, are you okay with process? I submit to you again and again, my beloved, if you're experiencing difficulty in your life and you're not overnight rich, again, overnight you have that car, that property, that ministry, that does not mean you've lost authority. Where authority now counts and really shows its colors is how you and I walk it out. 
in our weakness, staying dependent on God, yet resisting the devil. And all the while, we do stay free from the penalty of sin because we're covered in the blood of Jesus. We are free from the power of the satanic influence. Why? Because we're in the power of the Spirit. But we are not really free from the presence of this world system, the onslaught of this world system. Nevertheless, we can prevail. We can stand because we're clothed in the armor of God. And it's the armor of God that not only causes us to resist the devil, but also causes us to stand in the process. The armor of God is not just to fight Satan and the satanic and resist. But if you look again at Ephesians chapter 6 and you see all of the many armor pieces, if you will, you'll get the very definite sense these are Christ's own characteristics that are built and grown into our being so that we can stand in the process. We can stand, we can endure, and we can remain. Look at these things again in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, Paul says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities, etc., etc. But then he says we need to be girded with truth. Truth is not only how you resist the devil, but truth is also how we go through the process of standing. Paul says we should be clothed with the breastplate of righteousness. It's in our righteousness that we resist the devil, but it's also learning to live the righteous life that takes us through the process of standing. Paul says that our feet should have the gospel of peace as sandals, this is the way that we resist the devil, is to speak the good word of the gospel of peace. But it's also the way that we stand in the process. Paul would say that um, we should above all take up this shield of faith. That we can extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. Yeah, we resist the devil through that shield and we stay in the process through the shield. And then lastly... He says that we should take up the sword of the Spirit. No doubt it's in the word of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, that we resist the devil. But it's also in that sword whereby we stand and persevere and go through the process. And then, of course, Paul says that we should learn to pray with every kind of prayer at all times in the Spirit. Well, there you have it. As believers, we are free from the penalty of sin and death. We are free from the enslaving power of sin and death in the world and the satanic. But you and I are not free from the presence of this world, nor the process God would have us engage in as we learn to stand in Him. Beloved, you are strong in the Lord. Discern very carefully through the Holy Spirit and alongside very wise members of the body of Christ if truly you are harassed by the devil. And you are allowed to rebuke and resist. And I want you to exercise that authority with friends, with family, with the body of Christ. Speak against the work of darkness by the sword of the Spirit and rebuke it. Just know that if nothing imminently changes, 
that perhaps God is inviting you into process. And there you have to be clothed with the armor of God. You can't go through this process naked because as you just live in this world, a lot of darts will come at us and we have to be clothed to stand in the process. Beloved, that is spiritual authority. It does not mean that we are invincible. We never have a bad day. It just means that we stay, we stand, we persevere. I love you wherever you are as a member of the body of Christ. May the Lord strengthen you in this message. And uh, just remember, God is for you. He's not out to get you. And there's nothing that condemn you because he is the one that has justified you. And if the Lord chooses to keep you in weakness, um, study the life of Paul a little bit and take courage, an example from the Apostle Paul, that God's grace is going to do something for you that perhaps strength cannot do, uh, imminent deliverance cannot do. That grace is to sustain you in the process. Embrace it, learn from it, and watch how the fruit of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, will be formed in you as a result. Beloved, until next time, keep well in the grace of our Lord.